Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. I feel like we should begin this one with a PSA. Move those arms, people. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Uh, and by what do you mean when you say that? Oh, so this weekend I had both the COVID and the flu shot. Did you get the same arm or different arm? Same arm. I did that too. I did that too. And then for about, I'd say a good three days after, my really? arm was still hurting. One time I got a shot and I was at Walgreens and then I was walking home and there was a woman ahead of me who had already gotten the shot and both of us were walking down <laughs> the street with the same arm going like... Like the Ministry yeah. of Silly Walks. But with one arm. With one arm. Exactly. It's Fusing K. Oh, okay. Yes, where we discuss... COVID. No. Shots? Yes. No. Uh, picture books. <laughs> oh. And whether or not they are good or poorly. Poorly? Poorly. Crap, Betsy. They're crap. Poorly We've... written crap. I prefer crap. Yeah. Well, About poor... a third of the books that we do are crap. Yeah. I think that's a good average, honestly, because I... I read all the picture books in a given year that are published and 90% of them are crap. So yeah, if we're down I to would a I'd mirror... rather it be 50-50. <sighs> I want... I'm sorry. There's just too many good books out there. It is very difficult to... I want 50% uh... crap. More <sighs> crap. All right, More all right. crap. Well, More crap. I can't guarantee crap this week, but I, I could probably bring you some crap next week. I'll see what I can do. Well, um... this week, I've been saying, like, for the month of November, we need books about food because of Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So is this a this book? is um so there is probably a dining room in this book Betsy. in some place okay well here's Betsy. okay today's a weird situation and can i explain it no okay <laughs> a publisher reprinted an old picture book then came to us and said hey well it came to me for my blog and said hey can you promote this in some way and i was like well, i don't really review older books however i do talk about them on this podcast and then i looked at the book and i was like oh Yes, we should do this on the podcast. So this is actually a publisher submission. The wow. very first we have gotten. The only way it works is if it's a so, book that's been reprinted. So if it's really crappy. We won't alert them to this episode. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Here it comes. Need a house? Call Ms. Mouse. By, good luck with that, it's George Mendoza. All right, and then illustrated by Doris Susan Smith. Uh, yes, Need a House, Call Ms. Mouse. Uh, back in print, it was first published in 1981. Um, and I like that it had Ms. in the title. So it's our first older book that has the term Ms. Go read that book. All right. All right. While Kate does her read, let's learn something about the creators of this book. There are two creators. Uh, the author was, as we mentioned, George Mendoza, and the illustrator was Doris Susan Smith. And because this book is being republished by the New York Review of Books, I went to their website, and when I clicked on his name, I found all sorts of information. Uh, George Mendoza, a poet, a screenwriter, a travel journalist, a novelist, a writer of children's books. Uh, he died in 2018, was born in 1934. That was backwards. Um, established himself as a top author of his day. He published over 100 books for children and adults worldwide. 
He won all sorts of stuff. He won the uh, Lewis Carroll Shelf Award in 1968 for The Hunter I Might Have Been. Uh, he had a lot of energy. He collaborated with celebrities like Carol Burnett and Michel Legrand and artists like Eric Carle and Norman Rockwell. I would love to know what that was. He did uh, stuff with sports figures like Muhammad Ali and Ivan Lendl. He, he loved sailing and trout fishing, uh, which you can sort of see in his book, Goodbye, River, Goodbye. Uh, he lived in New York City. Uh, he had a wife named Ruth. He had children named Ashley and Ryan. I was very excited after reading all this, and so I went and I decided to click on Doris Susan Smith. Here is what it had to say. Doris Susan Smith is the author of several children's books, including The Two Rabbits and The Travels of J.B. Rabbit. That's it. No more information. I Google her. I look online. I can find nothing. I don't know if she's still alive. I don't know where she got her writing or drawing skills. I know nothing. So if you, my dear listeners, know literally any fact at all about the artist Doris Susan Smith, uh, please do give to the Betsy. I can't find anything. Calling Miss Mouse. Call him Miss Mouse. What? <laughs> Ring-a-ding. Ring-a-ding-ding-ding. Look, I'm dealing with like 10 different animals right now. You're going to have to wait. I'm sorry. This cannot wait. I have to do it right now. <laughs> How hard is it to build a house? Well, you'd, well be, you'd be surprised. Yeah. There's a lot of creativity happening in this book. There is. And remember the date, 1981, which I do feel oh, is it's, important. It's hard to forget that. <laughs> sure. A little bit of shag. Right off the bat, I appreciate the details on the cover. Oh my, my, my favorite part is the leftover food on the floor because oh my god that's so true because clearly ms mouse doesn't leave her desk for lunch and i can relate <laughs> yeah she works at her desk yes yeah. that is exactly it. and she doesn't have a computer so she's just at the drafting board the whole yep. time yeah but there are so many illustrations like pages of illustrations before you even get to the title page which yeah, is yeah. interesting yeah, this is uh, this is basically Brambley Hedge, the architecture book. Yeah, yeah. Just in case we didn't know how talented her this Miss Henrietta Mouse is, we have her portfolio. Oh, thank God! Before the book even starts. <laughs> um, though I'm not sure it's fair to include your own hideaway in the list of I think projects. It's totally you've fair. Done. No, that totally. I mean, I think that's a. You know what? You would probably put more time into it. So, and maybe when she was first starting out, that was like the first thing she had in her portfolio. No, like it's the last thing listed Well, here. maybe maybe um, it, it goes down with everyone on top of well, it as they as And also, them. I think Hideaway is a bit of a stretch. We'll get to oh, it. Oh, okay. But some of the things here are like Bear's Cave, uh, Owl's Tower, Pig's Palace. But then she also has here Caterpillar's Cocoon and Spider's Web. I don't think you can take credit for those. No. Especially not the cocoon. Right. Yeah. Well, she apparently does. <laughs> cocoons are created when the <laughs> caterpillar itself splits its skin and the cocoon's on the inside. Did you know that? Gross. Yeah, who knew? I was like this year, many years old when I figured that one well, out. Well, I'll tell you what's inside the cocoon, Betsy. And oh, it's, it's goo. It's not goo. It's, it's not goo? It's not oh, goo. Wow. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Very so, disappointed caterpillar. So we meet Miss Henrietta, also known as Ms. Mouse, it says. Okay, sure. And she is an architect, but she's also an interior designer because she deals with fabrics, 
furniture, gadgets that are going to make the perfect house for its lucky owner. There are very few interior designer picture books, I will say that. So we see her own house. It's very detailed. Oh, yeah. The first thing I noticed was, you know that piece of art? I think it's called The Great Wave Off Kanogawa. It's the... With oh, the, yeah, with yeah, the yeah, wave. yeah, 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 yes. So that's, like, in her stairway. <laughs> okay. Maybe she's the one who made it. But I do like the illustrator of this book took the time to think about where lighting is if there are no lights, like, oh, no lamps or yeah. windows. Because we're seeing a cutaway of the building like a dollhouse, but that would not necessarily mean that there was right, light Right, at the bottom of the stairs, side, right. you know, where are you going to get light? Oh, there's. A, I'll put a little lamp up in this corner. Wow. Or I'll put a little lamp up in this corner. And at first I was like, are those cameras? But I was like, oh, no, no, no. I guess they're like... <laughs> Man, way ahead of its time. Yeah. There, yeah. <laughs> the record player and the stereo. Yeah, oh, they're, they're a bit man. dated. It is, but it also means this was a pad, baby. Yeah. It says her faithful helpers scurry here, there, and everywhere... And without their loyal and skillful help, she would be lost. Huh. And I was like, oh, "Fair." does that mean like maids and butlers? No, I... no, no, no. It means the creatures that are helping build these houses. The actual builders themselves. Yes. Yeah. Which include the very skilled tradesmen. The very realistic birds, yes. uh, chipmunks, uh, moles, squirrels, whatever I the case may be. I do sometimes wonder about scale with some of these things like sometimes i feel like the animals aren't necessarily to scale like is that as large as a bird would be to a mouse versus a squirrel or something but in this case i think it's fine there's other cases where it's like so we're going in the order of her portfolio so we're starting with uh the squirrel's house uh, and we're seeing that it, you know, he apparently the squirrel wanted to feel like he lived in a spaceship, so it's kind of got like a rounded oh, yeah. top. Uh, it's about as spaceshipy as you're gonna get there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's made of wood. There's only so much you can do. Yeah, you look at Trout's house, which oh, is boy. underwater. She's in a like a scuba diving gear. All right. Going down to meet him. That must have been a heck of a thing to build. Uh, the trout wanted his underwater palace to resemble Atlantis. Oh, that's not some grandiose scheme. Like you do. Yeah. Come on, dude. You're a trout. Which, I You're mean, not even a cod. You see cats, modern villa. Here, you don't see the mouse. No, well, it is a cat. True. Uh, it's very much like a... It has a Japanese influence, it looks like. Yes. Yeah, I like that. With the sliding doors, the mm-hmm. beds on the ground... Um, I do like the way that, uh, the fish is prepared. You can see in one of the rooms, but the cat also likes to fish in the, I don't know, it's not a stream, but a little tiny waterfall. The crick. Sure. Yeah. It's very, Uh, very pretty. It is. While the cat flies a kite. (laughs) Like you do. Uh, then there's the mole who wanted to play a game of croquet on his new home's lawn. I thought they couldn't see very well. I'm just saying croquet would not be an ideal game for a mole. Well... Then it also begs the question, why does the mole need a secretary desk? Um, who is he penning letters to with, Good point. His, with his quill? Yeah, wow. A quill. He is an old-fashioned soul, this mole. I'm kind of curious to know which one of these houses you would want to live in. So far, the cat's is the nicest just yep. because it's right. Got that view of the water on two sides. You've got the creek on the one space. side. It's got more space. Yeah, the mole's house is, is, is it's it's just claustrophobic, a, man. It's, it's just a little mound. 
It, well, it has a window on, like, one side, but I'm not... I mean, again, it's a cutaway, but I'm not seeing a lot of... I guess there's a window there and there, but I don't know. Most seems, don't need a lot of space. Yeah, it's cozy, but that's like a studio apartment. And then this is the... Now we're at Fox's Den. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the second week in a row you've given me a book about a fox who likes to work out. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> I did not know that. You have the, in the oh. fox's bedroom, there's like a exercise bike sort of thing with weights on the ground. More energy, more energy, more energy. <laughs> right. So <laughs> you got a little Peloton in there? It's the 80s, Betsy. You know Peloton he would now. Existed. If they updated this well, for now, sure. he would totally, he would be a Peloton instructor. He, he'd probably have he an do. Oculus at this point. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> we get over to uh, Rabbit's place, who, Rabbit really wants to have a garden, uh, obviously for keeping vegetables for like winter feasts yeah. when the time comes. So the beavers are assisting in making like a greenhouse. <laughs> Okay, there, we haven't done it yet because it didn't come out long enough ago, but there is a wonderful picture book in which beavers primarily are the architects, which makes sense in mm-hmm. nature. They're actual nature's architects. So I'm surprised she's only relying on the beavers now what? and not with a water-related structure. I mean, that's really where their specialty is, is water. Irrigation. But- you know? Yeah, there you go. Well, they can do the plumbing. Maybe they're just there for the plumbing. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. They're they're holding onto instructions, so clearly, they sure are. yeah, they've got some plans. It's like that it, yeah. IKEA kit where you, there's nothing written. You just have to look at the pictures and hope, <laughs> it, hope that it's not bad. Instructions like say it is advisable to be two people. Yeah. Hey Steve, do you have an Allen wrench? <laughs> Didn't it come with one? Steve. Steve, 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 Steve. I do like the periscope that goes through the oh, ground. Oh, very nice. Up yeah. through like the ceiling of the house, through the ground, yeah. and then you can kind of look out and see if anyone is nearby your front door. I guess that's pretty sweet, especially if you got predators around. Yeah, it's clever. Yeah, because if that fox stops working out for half a minute, it's like <laughs> I want to eat myself a rabbit. You know? Well, now we get to the caterpillar's cocoon. Oh, that's a cocoon. I thought it was like a pear. Nope. Apparently, this is the cocoon. Oh, okay. Again, uh, which scale, is on, I'm not sure scale-wise. Like, she's pretty small. How big a cocoon is this? It's ginormous. It's a ginormous cocoon. Which has a TV antenna on top. Oh, I love it. Like, you know, like cocoons do. Yeah, these days it would be a satellite. He's not going to be turned into goo anytime in here. No. Uh, it just says Caterpillar achieves the very core of his dream. All right. Never to turn into a butterfly ever. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Caterpillar for forever. And then we get to bear. Okay. Here's a question for you. Yeah. What is that on bear's bedside table? It is a water, um, it's a large water thing that's got a glass on the top. Mm, so a, a water thing. What's it called? With a glass on top. What's it called? Like a water thing. You know, is like he a big... stoned, Betsy? <laughs> what? No, he's got a big container of mm-hmm, water. Mm-hmm. And then he's got yes. a glass on the yep. top. You yes. take off the glass and you oh, pour yourself yes? a glass yep. of water. Oh. <laughs> what? But I do like that there are like honeybee, what do you call these? Honey. Oh, like beehives. Yeah, beehives. Yeah, that ab- he's keeping. Ab- above the cave, which, nice. is, which is good planning. Very Thomas Quinn. And I like the bees on his bedspread. Okay, so yeah, thematically consistent. Though small den. I feel like, again, kind of a studio apartment situation. Well, it's a it's a cozy cave, they I see, call it. I see. He doesn't need much. He just needs a, yeah. a bed and a place to make some food and a chair so you can read. Oh, and he's got like a little birdhouse for the Swifts. Very nice. 
Well, that, that's his mailbox. Oh, that's his mailbox. You know. That's why there was no hole. Okay. Because there's so much mail that a bear gets. Yeah, you know. Sure. There's a lot of junk mail. Free honey. Act now. Then you get to Lizard, uh, <laughs> who has a, what is this, a one, two, three, four, oh. five story See, something? I feel like he's taking advantage of the situation correctly. Well, they are laying cement right now. Whoa. Is it beavers? I, I, I think oh, they're like, like chipmunks. Yeah, or marmots or something, yeah. It's hard to tell, yeah. but it's clearly a gigantic Pulley <laughs> structure. System. Yeah, because concrete's hard to install. But he only wants to stay at the top because that's where <laughs> that's the, the sun, sun is. is. Exactly, he is a lizard. But I'm just thinking, how are any of these animals paying her for I her services? I do wonder, like, is he, I'm. well, he's a lizard? Yes, is he the kind that can lose his tail? Like maybe he can just sell a bunch of tails. Or maybe something. he can know. save her fifteen percent on oh, her car He's probably the richest of them all. <laughs> no, no, no. Out. We see who the richest oh, is. Oh, okay. Don't don't you oh, worry. Oh, I'm excited. Before we do though, we meet uh Frog. Mm-hmm. Uh and Frog's pad leaves me confused. Number one. Why is there a weather station at the top? Oh, yeah, there really is. What is it for? Boy, yeah. Why do frogs care about the weather this much? I don't know. I mean, they freeze in the winter, so maybe he wants to have a heads up on the frost. But it's like a wind. It's like a wind thing. Yeah, why do frogs care about wind? They don't 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 care about wind. Number two, there is a, shall we say, vase on his living room (laughs) table. Do you yeah. think he meets up with Bear for fun? Just... I mean, Frog and Bear, it doesn't yeah, come out the, trippingly off the tongue the same way. I, just, yeah. I was like, that's a weird vase that's by itself mm-hmm. with nothing else In near it. In the middle it. of a table of a, of a very comfy it's a very circular 70s. yep yeah like lots of pillows so many pillows <laughs> and number so many three we see henrietta is here um why is henrietta just staying in a raft underneath a chipmunk who is too scared to come off of the diving board and is hanging on for dear life maybe she's gonna catch him she she's just chilling in the she's well then she's she should clearly he'll be fine he'll she, be fine. she's very chill Betsy. yeah she, <laughs> she is so you're trying chill. to uh, you're trying to imply something she's here very relaxed maybe she licked the front <laughs> i mean that's how some psychedelics work my friend i guess like yourself a frog frog would know so yeah, then we would. come to spider now let's be clear she does not make the web no she makes a studio so that spider can play jazz and then uses the web to uh make sound amplify yeah for the insects to come into it that's complex also all she does is make a pod on a branch is that a womb chair is that an egg chair it's definitely one of those 70s like college i was thinking a very 60s retro studio well certainly the ancient computer with its uh (laughs) spitting out its dot matrix god knows what all from it yeah that's amazing it's very retro that's an eames chair i can see there's an eames chair in there as well so yeah, some design, uh, some designer elements in here. Yeah. Now, this is the one that I think lacks any design, and I wish that the illustrator had shown more. It's owls. Essentially, it looks like it's part of a castle. 
but you only get to see the very top part of the castle. Ooh, yeah. Full cutaway demanded. I want to see the whole castle. Yeah, there might be a little Corbusier chair somewhere there's in there. stairs going down, but you're not allowed to see what is below. You just see this one room Ooh. that has a fireplace. We a, demand more. Like a treasure chest, a globe, yeah. and, and there's a telescope. And that's it. Maybe she was running out of time. <laughs> like, this is a lot of art she is drawing. It is. She must have gotten I think she spent most of her time illustrating Pig's Palace. Jeez, old Pete's. Now, Pig has got some money. Yar. I think he's like... The... This is like no, animal no, no. farm. He's the hog father. Oh, man. Get it? Oh, man. He's the... He's the hog father. Yeah. This is this is the end of you Animal come to Farm. my place. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Kisses. Hoof. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's statues of pigs. There's columns. There's... This is what Miss Piggy would die there's a hot to live tub. in. There's a hot tub. There's a pig hot tub. They would. With they stairs. Would, they would want hot Into tub. the hot tub because you need stairs. Well, yeah. Right yeah. by the tiger rugs and... <laughs> There's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. Wow. But now, the most polite animal in the entire book is Otter, who says, please. Oh, see? But you don't see Henrietta anywhere in the illustration. Well, please too late. Well, it. she makes a sturdy hunting and fishing lodge. Oh, lodge. Very nice. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Okay, nice. and then we get to the last one, which was called Henrietta's Hideaway. Right. Now, the book ends, and I quote, as for Henrietta, she likes the simple life best. What about you? And I'm thinking, this makes it look like she lives in a tent in the forest, but we saw her house at the very well, beginning. Well, this is her hideaway. And, and it is far from simple. Yeah, that's true. This is where she does a Marie Antoinette, and she pretends to be living the simple life. Like, oh, I'll just go to my little tent in the middle of nowhere and pretend to be roughing it but, but she's then, not by herself she's got someone helping her that's exactly it exactly well, she can't exist by herself she has to have a helper at all times yeah uh, this, who's that guy i don't know is he a mouse i don't think so he's uh, a different he color honey? different ears right. different tail? he still could be her honey maybe a gopher maybe but big small for we're trying that. to get into the love life of henrietta i'm and trying it's just to figure not, out what her relationship happen. status is that's, based on a very amount like scant amount of information that's the end yeah. of the book and that's the end of the book right yeah. there yeah whoo that's a lot okay i just want to again from just one more time i said it before but when you're out of the room i'll say it again there is no information about this illustrator but like, it okay. does not exist we, we went over a lot so I, I know okay so ratings time okay so clearly the thing i like most about this book are the extremely detailed illustrations yes. i hope that if this is re-illustration re-illustrated which republished is it going to be re-illustrated no no this is the final okay so republished no, version okay yeah. i was going to say yeah, that yeah, yeah. if it does get re-illustrated i mm. hope it doesn't lose no. all those details because, i would never want to be real so yeah because i feel like every time you look at a page you see something new exactly exactly really... a parent could read this a hundred times to a kid and be happy with it because they always themselves would see something exactly new. yeah it doesn't really explain how she gets paid or how she pays all of her helpers or what her relationship status is but i do appreciate her creativity with some of these designs the rhyme of the title gives it away what the story is about but it also helps me remember what, yeah, it, what it's about. Yeah. So, And the rhyme kind of helps you remember the title, too. Mnemonic. 
Uh, I think this does have re-readability, mm-hmm. but the ending is a bit deceiving because she clearly does not lead a simple life. No, she doesn't. Uh, she doesn't live out in the woods in a tent. So, no. No. <laughs> oh, it does have a lot of food in it, though, this book. So I guess it is somewhat Thanksgiving-like. Hey, I, knew th- I knew there were some dining rooms in there. Yeah. So, yeah. so I gave it a six. All right. All right. Yeah, um, I'm very similar. It's The question is, how much would a kid like it? Now, there are some kids who love highly detailed these are the kids who love animalia these are the kids who love the previously mentioned brambley hedge books they love like finding all the little things they'll they'll later when they're a little older get into the waldo books and try to find him on all those incredibly detailed pages so this is sort of like a proto waldo though you're not trying to find anything because you're not trying to find anything that sort of decreases its kid appeal so that's why i can't go too high with it but as Books, it's a marvelous find. Beautifully illustrated. Uh, the words, you know, you can take her or leave them. Uh, I think the yeah. most he contributed was like, you should make a bunch of houses that sound like this and involve these animals. And then it was up to the poor illustrator to just yep. bend over backwards, trying to figure out the logistics of lighting yep. in certain houses. You're like, should it be over the stairs? Like, should it be? I think she had a lot of fun with it. It feels like she had fun with it. Um, so my, I'm, uh, I'm around you. I'm a 6.25. Okay, with our scores combined, it's over a 5, so it's a classic. It's a classic! Woo! Letters time. Ooh. Two letters. Okay. First up, hello, ladies. Hello. I have a confession. Uh-oh. Small voice. <laughs> I'm the person who suggested this book. This book being Just a Minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, usually I would be thrilled that y'all reviewed a title I enjoy. However... I'm a little concerned that some folks will be critical of categorizing Just a Minute as a Day of the Dead book. I had hoped to find something that honors uh, the Dia de Muertos traditions a little more closely. In my defense, I wrote in to see if any of your listeners could recommend a title that is worthy of the holiday and your show. I realize there aren't a lot of older titles that would work. All that being said, I think Betsy may have found the perfect book for next year with Zhuzhi's follow-up, Just in Case, Hmm. uh, which is the sequel. Maybe we can consider Just a Minute a spooky season book and, like Senor Calavera, return to visit Abuela Beetle and her family next year. So very glad to hear that both of you consider this book a classic. Warm regards, Heather D. Aw, thanks, Heather. Thank you, Heather. That's very good. All right, and now the special uh, letter. I'm very pleased about this. My name is Angela Burke Kunkel, and I'm the author of the forthcoming picture book biography, World More Beautiful, The Life and Art of Barbara Cooney, with illustrator... Becca Stadlander. The idea for this picture book bio started way back in 2020 when I listened to your Fuse 8 and Kate episode on Miss Rumphius. I originally started researching Hilda Hamlin, the real Lupin lady, but for many reasons the book shifted to become a biography of Cooney instead. The cover of the book releases November 13th, which I know is very short notice, but she wondered if I'd be interested in doing a cover reveal. I am doing a cover reveal. And I must say, it is a truly beautiful cover of a book that was inspired by one of our episodes. It'll be out August 13th, 2024. Oh, they should have waited just a little bit and have it come out on my birthday. I know, I know. Well, hey, there's still time. They may push it back a little more. Is your birthday on a Tuesday? Because usually these books come out on a Tuesday. I think it falls on a Monday next year. No, see, poor planning on your part. It's not my fault. You should have been born a day later. I'm just saying, you should have... Stayed back. Grown-up things we like. You go first. Okay. Two of my favorite TV shows are back, baby. And they have one thing in common. Baking. 
But how'd you know? No, because that's all you watch. Shut up. Loki <laughs> season two. Okay. Uh, does involve some key lime pie at one point. Okay. So yes, but Loki season two is back. Uh, and then holiday baking championship, which my family watches every single year on schedule. It's finally back. Uh, we are so excited. We are diving in. It's the same dang host and judges as it has been. I swear to God for the last decade. Uh, and we are here for it, so I am happy. Okay. Two shows are back. Well, in a matter of, my thing, in a matter of two and a half weeks, we won the Broadway in Chicago lottery twice. <laughs> I don't think anyone else is uh, trying to win these things. I think it's just you. <laughs> I think no, this no. is why you win so often. The first time we won was for a pre-Broadway engagement called A Wonderful World, and we actually sat next to people who also won the lottery. Ah, so, okay, so there's one other couple. Fantastic. Yeah, I guess. All right. Uh, and the actor who won the Tony for playing the genie in Aladdin on oh, Broadway yeah. uh-huh. plays Louis Armstrong. Nice. Uh, the musical is about the four women he marries and how he drum- jumps from city to city and respectively, from woman to woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was by far my favorite musical we have seen this year. Really? The music is incredible. The dancing is so joyful. Um, after that... Well, what was the title of it again? Oh, A Wonderful World. Great. After that, we won the lottery to see Stephen Sondheim's Company. Oh, which has a gender-swapped yeah. main character. This was on Broadway for a while. Yeah, I had never seen Company before. Oh, you've never seen Company? No. Oh. So I didn't know what to expect or what it was about, but the lead woman uh, was from Michigan, oh. by the way. Excellent. Uh, and did an outstanding job. I I didn't know quite how Sondheim made a whole musical about the idea of marriage, but that's what he did, and that's what it's about. Um, there is a gay couple, which I'm not sure was in the original, uh, but one of the guys in that couple sings the song the called... The fastest song in Broadway. Yeah, Not Getting, Getting Married. Married Today. Yeah. And the price of tickets are alone are worth seeing this it musical. It is considered the most difficult song on Broadway ever well, to sing. And the set and the magic that they do on the set with the characters for this song alone is brilliant. So yeah. if you're 35 and you feel the pressures of marriage, this might be the perfect musical for you. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, it's not my favorite, but it was still entertaining. Oh, so yeah. yeah, if you're planning on coming to Chicago, sign up for the Broadway in Chicago lottery the day beforehand because you might win. Uh, this was our ninth lottery win oh, since geez. we started. Yeah, so. yeah. see, this is, backs up my theory. Right, there you go. <laughs> so there you go. Support the arts. Excellent. Excellent. Support the arts and watch more television that involves pie. <laughs> sure. Yes. All good things. Well, fantastic. All right. Well, this one didn't have much food, but... Um, there was some. There was, there was some of, food. There yeah. was some food in there, so that's all we require yeah. at this point. Just, Just give me another, another book with food. Exactly. Exactly. So until I can figure out another picture book that involves food, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse, number eight, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Time, and our busy little mouse is Drew Atienza. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate, Atienza, and Betsy Bird.